Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, co-journers. Glad to have you with us for another episode. And I'm excited we have a poetry submission from Catherine Spearing. And those of you who are writing poems about your homecoming journey, you can send it to me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. I would love to read them and with your permission to share it with our Cojourner Collective. And so Catherine's piece on her homecoming is called The Gift. I'm in a dusky green meadow with waving bending grass. A little girl approaches a girl I know so well, standing there in front of me, her face reflects my own. In her hands, she holds a box, wrapped with string and bow. All at once, I'm crying, speaking to the girl. I'm sorry that they hurt you for the fearful life you had. I'm sorry you were happy, but beneath it all was sad. I wish I could have saved you, and told you how to fight. I wish I could have held you while you shed tears in your bed at night. The little girl takes my hand, eyes a shiny blue. Inside this box, I have a gift for you. I take the box, unwrap it slow, my hands a trembling mess. What memory will the box reveal? I lift the lid with dread. I gasp a bit. Surprise, delight. I smile at the girl. She smiles back and hops away calling. Say what you want to say. My heart skips two beats before it speaks. The gift is strong and clear. I accept the gift, a deliberate choice, and turn it all around. I use my words and thank the girl for she's gifted me my own voice. Oh my goodness, Catherine, that is absolutely beautiful to encounter our younger selves and to reclaim our voice after the hurt, after the sadness, the disappointment, the dread, and then to be able to get our voices back. What a gift! and an intentional gift that we can give ourselves. And so we are so grateful for your gift of poetry and for you sharing that with us. So thinking about sadness and the depth uh, that sadness can hold, getting to the point of depression, we have our topic for today. I receive requests to cover seasonal affective disorder, seasonal affective disorder, which has also been called the winter blues or winter depression. And so I want to talk with you briefly about what that is and that 
if it is something that you experience, uh, there are some strategies that are helpful for you to get through this time of year in particular. And so seasonal affective disorder or seasonal depression uh, usually comes at the same time every year. And most people start having their symptoms in the fall and the symptoms continue into the winter months. And so during this time of year, you may feel like your energy is lost or lower. You may feel a depressed mood. And uh, for some people, seasonal affective uh, disorder can strike in the uh, spring or early summer. And if you have it in the spring or early summer, it often uh, is experienced as anxiety, an increase in anxiety. But I'm going to talk about it for during these winter months, the winter blues or winter depression, um, that depression that hits this time of year. And so some of the symptoms that you may experience are feeling depressed most of the day or nearly every day, losing interest in activities that you used to enjoy, having low energy, having problems with your sleep. And so that may be difficulty, often it's difficulty uh, waking up. And so really having uh, challenges around your energy level, experiencing changes in your appetite or weight, and we know for some of these symptoms, you all may associate them with what we are experiencing related to COVID-19, but you want to think about if it is a pattern or a cycle for you associated with this, this time of year. And of course, for the formal diagnosis, you would want to see a mental health professional. But to start reflecting within yourself of is this time of year usually more difficult for me? And uh, we also want to tease apart whether or not it is related to the holidays being difficult for a number of people. So sometimes people uh, have distress around the holidays because of grief and loss or um, painful memories associated with family. Uh, but then there are other times when it is really starts in the fall season and is going throughout. It usually starts uh, milder. And as the weeks and months continue, it gets more uh, severe. Uh, and so feeling sluggish or agitated, having difficulty concentrating, focusing, remembering. And then if you've been feeling hopeless, worthless, or guilty, and again, I want to distinguish that from a COVID-19 related depression versus if this is an annual experience, right? That around this time of year, this is what usually happens for you. And for some, uh, there are thoughts of death or thoughts of suicide. Uh, and so when this hits during those fall and winter months, it often includes oversleeping. And so that's what I was mentioning of difficulty mobilizing, difficulty having energy to get up and experience your day. Um, there also can be the specific appetite change during this time of a craving for foods that are high in carbohydrates. Uh, and we often call those comfort foods, right? So during this time of year, looking for 
uh, comfort. And we've had an earlier episode on emotional eating that sometimes we are looking for nurturance uh, from our food. And uh, it's not nourishment, right? That the nutrients that are inside, uh, but a level of comfort from the food. And so related to that uh, craving for foods that are high in carbohydrates like uh, breads, uh, potatoes, rice, um, we also can experience weight gain. So some people gain weight during the fall and winter months, and that can create a cycle of uh, feeling worse about yourself or feeling uh, more depressed and then, you know, the weight gain continuing. And then overall, a sense of being tired and having low energy. So uh, if you have experienced uh, seasonal affective disorder or uh, winter depression or the winter blues, uh, there are a couple of things uh, that I want to help you to keep in mind. One, we want to be aware that seasonal affective disorder is diagnosed more uh, with women than with men, but there are men who have it and men who have it often report a more severe level of their symptoms. Um, we also see that it's more frequent with young adults than for older adults. And some of the risk factors include uh, family history. So thinking about if you have blood relatives that have had seasonal affective disorder or another form of depression, uh, so it may uh, in some ways run in your family. And also if you already have uh, major depression or bipolar disorder, those uh, symptoms and experiences can increase during the fall and winter months. So if you're noticing uh, that for some people they're having depression uh, throughout the year, but that it intensifies during this time, uh, you want to be aware of that. And so uh, the, the complications that can come as a result of this, when we think about the journey home and reconnecting with ourselves, that if you are having the winter blues or winter depression, that often uh, during this season, you're withdrawing even more from people. So I know we are already, uh, many of us physically distancing or trying to physically distance, um, but feeling even more uh, disconnected and withdrawn from others. So that may include people calling and you're not responding to the calls or uh, responding to the texts, or some people are trying to organize either small gatherings or online gatherings and um, not being responsive, not having the motivation or the energy to engage. Uh, it can also create difficulty with school or work. Um, because while we know one of our episodes was on purpose and a part of us coming home is uh, living out our purpose and manifesting our gifts, but we know that that is not uh, a simple path for any one period, but there are additional barriers and challenges if I am trying to move in the direction of my purpose, my dreams, my goals, and uh, my body is not cooperating and my brain is working against me, right? So you may have a vision for your life and then find you don't even have the energy for it, right? That you may have a vision, a calling and purpose and yet uh, feeling incapable 
hopeless, helpless, powerless. And so we want to really give ourselves grace and compassion as we think about uh, the ways that our mind and our body, uh, the way our emotions can work against uh, what we would like to do with our lives, what we would like to be uh, in the moment, in this season. And so if you've been having difficulty focusing with schoolwork or uh, with your regular job and not getting things done, uh, procrastinating and just finding it difficult to engage, uh, you want to be aware of the possibility um, of seasonal depression. And another complication for uh, many people is substance abuse. And so during this time of feeling uh, worthless or powerless or uh, being harsh with yourself because of the weight gain or the lack of productivity, uh, sometimes we try to medicate that distress. And so if you find yourself during this time uh, drinking more and smoking more or taking more pills and various drugs, you want to be uh, thoughtful about, you know, what has uh, shifted for me, recognizing uh, when there has, when at some point it may have felt uh, under control or in moderation um, or maybe not even at all. And then during this time, you have noticed uh, an increase in cravings and uh, a desire, an increase in even the amount and the usage. So you want to be tuned into that. Uh, for some people, it can also connect with an increase in symptoms related to uh, eating disorders. And we mentioned the food before. And then also uh, suicidal thoughts or behaviors. So these can be uh, very serious, obviously. And so we don't want to be dismissive. And as I note that, we don't want to be dismissive of ourselves, but also we don't want to be dismissive of others. And so even though sometimes people use that term, winter blues, which sounds very uh, light or mild, uh, you want to take it seriously if someone shares with you uh, that they experience that, because, you know, when we think of blues, we may think, oh, you just feel a little sad or a little down, right? But some people really are struggling with clinical level depression and uh, recognizing the ways in which uh, that can be harmful uh, to us. We want to really be tuned in to and compassionate with each other as we mentioned in the prior episode on depression, that if you have never experienced it, uh, you want to be really careful about not being dismissive in your comments or not being minimizing or telling people they just need to shake it off or they just need to try harder. We really want to operate from a place of uh, compassion and so what are things that uh, you can do if you find yourself struggling with winter depression or seasonal affective disorder? One of the things is access to sunlight. And so the more you can get uh, exposure to the sun during uh, this time of year, it often will have uh, an immediate effect uh, on your day, on your mood, on your experience. And so 
whether that is uh, sitting outside, sitting by a window, going for a walk, uh, trying to really uh, enjoy uh, the sunlight can be uh, really a game changer for you during this time. And so having to be intentional. And I know uh, for some people, you know, you're working during the day and then by the time you finish working, it's already getting dark. Uh, and so trying to be intentional about it may mean that I want to wake up a little earlier, which and we already said that's a struggle, right? But trying to get up with enough time to get some sun uh, exposure before my work day or school day starts. And then if you are able to have like a lunch break or other breaks during the day, um, when possible to step outside or to um, be able to go for a walk so that you can get that light in because this is uh, not only a, a cognitive piece, but it really is physiologically, right? That it is a bodily response. When we look at the causes of seasonal affective disorder, um, it really is uh, an experience in the body. And so uh, while we also can recommend cognitive therapy or behavioral therapy, we also want to really uh, make it a priority to try to get some sun. And there is also uh, something called light therapy. And so uh, people can purchase special lights to keep uh, in their home to have that access, uh, especially during this time of year. Along with either uh, the artificial light or natural sunlight, uh, one of the other really helpful things has been physical exercise. Because as I mentioned, you know, seasonal affective disorder is really, um, you know, operating on the physical level. And so in order uh, to shift it, to shift the body, um, that along with sunlight, getting moving, right? And so finding, and I was talking to someone the other day about exercise and how you have to really explore until you find uh, a form of exercise that you like. Because if not, if it is only a chore, a duty, an obligation, usually we won't stick to it, right? Because it's already going to be a struggle if you're feeling depressed to exercise. And so trying to find something that uh, awakens you on some level. So for some people, that is aerobics classes. And even now they have them online. For some people, it's weights um, or uh, for some, it is cycling or walking or running, um, or if you have access to it, swimming. Uh, and so looking for what is the movement, yoga, right, is another one. So looking for what is the movement that speaks to me that I can get some level of uh, enjoyment from, which will make it more likely that I will do it. Uh, for some people, it's uh, playing sports, which we have challenges with that uh, currently with COVID, um, but looking at your options so that that can be a regular part of your routine and of your practice for your wellness. Another important one is uh, social support. So pushing through that isolation and reaching out, even if it's brief, you know, even if it's texting. Uh, to really uh, be mindful about uh, not being consumed by 
that pull for alienation, disconnection, isolation, um, because when we isolate ourselves and we're already depressed, then the mind can begin to tell us all kinds of myths and distortions about ourselves. And so not only to reach out uh, to family or friends, but what kind of family or friends, right? Because there are some people who, if you communicate with, the depression may become more severe. And so I want to be thoughtful about the social connections that I do make, uh, the social interactions that I do engage in since I already have uh, limited energy and in some ways a fragile sense of myself, uh, particularly during this time, then I want to really be thoughtful, intentional, mindful about reaching out to people uh, with whom I don't have to perform, uh, reaching out to people who uh, care, who are compassionate, who are kind, uh, reaching out to people who are understanding. And I know when I've shared uh, reflections like that on social media, many people will say, well, I don't have any of those people. And so I would encourage you, even if it is virtually and online, uh, to start trying to make some of those connections and contacts. And again, with it being online initially, that may feel very surface, but there are also online support groups and social media groups that are organized around particular topics or identities. And so uh, trying to uh, break out of isolation. And I want you to know here at Homecoming uh, that none of us are by ourselves, right? We are making this journey together. And so you have a co-journers uh, community that is uh, here as well, hoping um, for your uh, wellness and hoping uh, for your energy and your renewal and to be able to sustain uh, during this difficult time of year. And then along with the sunlight and exercise and social support, you also want to be mindful about challenging uh, those distorted thoughts. And so, you know, there's something called self-talk, which is the way I think about myself, the way I talk to myself about myself. And sometimes we are thinking very uh, negative, unhealthy thoughts about ourselves. And if we let those go unchallenged, then we can believe them and take them as truth and then live out of a lie, right? That says that I am unworthy, that um, I am not smart enough, not good enough, uh, not enough, right? And so to be able to talk back to those messages, to challenge those messages, even if I do not fully uh, feel good enough or confident enough or worthy, uh, to just raise the question, right? What if, as someone posted today, I could be flawed and still worthy? What if I could be imperfect and still enough? Uh, I think that's so important that with my imperfections, with my faults, with my failures, uh, with my insecurities, 
with the missteps and mistakes and errors of my life, with all of that, that I am still worthy of compassion, of gentleness, of love, of kindness, of respect, right? And if it's hard to believe it for yourself, to think about it in terms of the larger realm of humanity, right? Of what does someone uh, have to be or do that uh, disqualifies them, right, from uh, care, from uh, respect, of uh, compassion, of our human rights, yes? And so uh, shifting and challenging uh, those distortions, myths, lies uh, that we have been taught about ourselves or that we have come to believe, particularly uh, during this time uh, of uh, dealing with that seasonal despair and depression. Uh, and then it's also going to be mindful to think about your eating. I mentioned that sometimes we're craving things that turn into a vicious cycle, right? I'm craving foods that end up making me feel guilty or that cause me to gain a lot of weight and then I feel worse about myself. And so uh, starting to, uh, as an act of self-care, a radical act of trying to care for myself, to uh, try to eat some things uh, that actually nourish me, right? That not just numb me as I'm, you know, as I'm thinking, making the decision if I'm going to eat that or that. You know, as opposed to simply numbing myself or medicating my pain, uh, that I want to feed this body. I want to feed this body something that will give it healthy energy, that will uh, fortify my bones, my muscles, uh, that is good for my skin, right? That is uh, good for me, for my, um, for my system, my respiratory system, my reproductive system, my skeletal system my muscular system, that I want to give this body some care, even with all that this body has been through, as our poem was talking about looking at my younger self. So as I reflect on uh, the challenges of this life, with all that I have been through, I want to give my very cells, <laughs> I want to give my blood, I want to give uh, my organs something that is good to them. I want to be good to myself because we have had moments when others were not good to us and we have had moments when we were not good to ourselves. And so in this season, especially in this season, uh, fall and winter blues, depression, despair, that I want to intentionally, as an act of defiance, put some things in my body that are good for me. I want to put some things in my body that speak life, even as I'm having thoughts of death. Yeah, that is uh, a powerful act that you can take uh, during this time. And for those who are uh, really in a, a severe or challenging place with it, you know, as you're hearing these pointers, you may be saying, you know, it's not that easy or I tried that. And if that is where you are, then I would really encourage you uh, to think about getting the support um, of a mental health professional. And they may also uh, recommend medication for some people with seasonal affective uh, disorder. Medication is recommended and can be helpful. And so we want to uh, not rule 
out uh, what works in terms of our healing journey and our journey back to ourselves and not to have a hierarchy in your mind of, well, certain people can do it this way. And so why do I have to do it that way? So we are all on the journey home and what we utilize and what we need as we are making our way back home to ourselves, it may vary. And at the same time, we are worth it. You are worth it. You are deserving of care, of relief, of support uh, throughout the year, and especially during these times that are difficult for so many. So I am grateful that you're here and I hope that you can make a commitment as we think about homework, that we can make a commitment to do something good for your body and your heart and mind this week, whether that's what I'm eating or the way I move my body or getting sunlight. And then the last tip is reducing your exposure to stress. So I don't know who or what has been stressing you out. I don't know who or what uh, is the culprit that has been contributing to your depression or despair. But I invite you to think about any changes that can be made from your end. Sometimes we are waiting for other people to change. So we're going to shift from waiting for other people to do something And for me to think about if I want to reduce stress in my life, what is a change that is in my power, that is in my hands to make? If I want to reduce, and I'm going to take away the if, because I want to reduce stress in my life that contributes to depression, I have the capacity to make some changes. And the change that I want to make is, and you can journal about it, you can tell a friend about it as an accountability partner, you can pray about it, you can uh, reflect, put it on a sticky tab and stick it on the mirror, whatever you need to do to uh, inspire, motivate, encourage yourself to align your life in the ways that you can that I value my mental and physical health and I would like to live with less stress and some stress is beyond me, right? When COVID-19 is gonna end is uh, beyond me, but there are some things that are in my immediate circle, my immediate life and my functioning and the ways I approach my day. Uh, There are some things that are within my hands. And the things that are within my hands to do, I'm going to do it because I believe it will be worth it, that I am worth the effort, that you are worth the effort. I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home.